This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom, welcome to Practical Spirituality at Asia Torah here in the old city of Jerusalem overlooking the Temple Mount. Today's question is, why do people, why are people so extreme? Why are people so extreme? And the answer in general is extreme behavior comes from a couple things. One of them is insecurity and another one is a lack of knowledge. Insecurity, lack of knowledge. Let's go into both. Um, if I can be more extreme about things, so it makes you more nervous around me. Meaning, it's a it's a it's a um, dominance type thing. If I can be more extreme about things, like let's just say I'm one of these guys. Let's say in the Jewish world, extreme might be that I, I wear my hat full time. Yeah, I, got, I can't ever take my hat off. And my coat, which you see I'm wearing neither my coat nor my hat. But imagine, like, I got to wear my hat, I got to wear my coat full time. Now, you are going to be a little more nervous around me, probably. And, and I'm going to feel a little safer. Because I'm going to be less approachable, which means I'm going to be less uh, vulnerable in my world. The more extreme you get, the, more, the less approachable you are. And that makes you somehow safer. But of course, you know, are you safer? You're not safer at all. You're just more protected, ultimately. But you're not safer because, see, the whole beauty of being someone who's safe is that you get to relax. But someone like that, are they more relaxed or are they more uptight? What's someone like that more relaxed or uptight? Way more uptight. They're way more uptight. So safety is supposed to bring relaxation unless it's, it's a, unless it's a false safety. If it's a false safety, so it's going to make someone more uptight. And so one of the reasons why people go more extremes is to create more of a safety mechanism for them. You'll notice also, um, you'll notice people who are not very smart, no offense to these people, obviously, because they are very smart about other things. They're just not very smart in Torah, will sometimes take a more extreme path of Torah. Because at least it, like, okay, I'm an idiot when it comes to Mishnah or Halacha, but, you know, I can't learn the Gemara, but boy, am I from, you know, like I'm really from. So it gives them, it gives them a sense of safety in that. But again, they're going to be totally unapproachable. They're going to be so nervous if they get approached because they, they're, they're, the, the possibility of exposure is very high there, especially in that scenario that I just painted. So that's one of the things was insecurity. Um, the other reason why going more extreme is um, is a popular thing to do is because of, what did I say? There was insecurity and... Oh, yes, a lack of knowledge is if you don't know what you're doing, but you're scared of God, so then going, being more extreme about everything makes you less likely to get in trouble in life. Uh, let me illustrate that with a kind of a funny story. My wife and I were like fresh bali tshuva in Israel. So we didn't know a lot at all. And we're visiting a Rosh Hashiva's house for Shabbos. We're, the whole Shabbos. We we're staying there. And um, this Rosh Hashiva runs a program on just on Hilchah Shabbos. Like he's a master of Hilchah Shabbos. Anyway, my wife and I saw him breaking Shabbos like about three or four times throughout Shabbos and and we were just shocked 
that he was breaking Shabbos. I mean, really shocked. So after Shabbos, we had this whole discussion. Do we tell him or do we not tell him? Like, it's, what kind of chutzpah are these balchubas, you know, going to tell this guy, you know, that he's breaking Shabbos? Especially a Rosh Hashiva who runs an entire program on Hilchah Shabbos. So I decided that it's the only right thing to do, and if he's really a, such a big rabbi, then he can handle a little, a little commentary. So I went up to him after Shabbos, and I said, you know, I saw you do a couple things that I happen to have studied in Asia Torah. <laughs> you know, and uh, I was still like wet paint, you know, like fresh in Asia, you know. Like, and then I happened to study in Hilchah Shabbos that, uh, you know, that are forbidden to do, and I happen to notice you do them, and, and I just wanted to bring it up. So he immediately pulls out Shulchan Aruch, and he shows me like there's like one totally obscure rabbi compared to the majority rabbis. There's an obscure opinion. Did I call the rabbi obscure? Sorry. <laughs> There's an obscure opinion that forbids this particular thing, but as you see, the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah both say that that's how you do it. Like, that is how you do it. And this guy's a master of Hilchot Shabbos. I mean, we're talking to someone who knows Hilchot Shabbos backwards and forwards. And I'm like, well, why'd they teach me that obscure opinion? And he said, because you you don't know the, proce- the halachic process yet. And so... It's better to teach you strictness now until you get your feet wet and learning and stuff, until you can start to understand how to distinguish things. And then later you can like start, you can like start your f- freedom of movement because now you know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing now. So people are giving you stricter opinions. And so what I'd like to share with all of you is just an amazing point that I got from that besides the point of our class here is an amazing point I got from that, is that knowledge is freedom in halacha. Knowledge, you think of that story. Meaning my wife and I would have our hands tied behind our backs in that particular situation on Shabbos, where he was able to go ahead and do what needed to get done in that situation. So he was the one who was free, and our lack of halacha knowledge had our hands tied behind our back because we were holding by some stricter opinion. Because we didn't know what we are doing. Because our ignorance... So the more halacha you know, the more free you get. And boy, did that become true when I studied kashras. Because my smicha is in kashras. And all of a sudden, I like, now I know how to eat when I'm traveling. You know, because it, if I'm in the north, I don't always have our heksherim here of Yerushalayim. So I can just go in the kitchen, talk to Boaz or whoever it is in there, you know, Edo or, uh, you know, Uzi. In the, in the kitchen, you know, and talk out what's in there. And next thing you know, that restaurant just turned kosher. You know, for my wife and I, it was, it was not our hexer, but it became our hexer really quick. You know, because I, I know the distinctions of the foods inside his kitchen and how to do this and how to make sure my wife and I could enjoy our, our trip up north and go out to dinner in this particular restaurant. And so halachic knowledge, halachic knowledge was freedom and the freedom to be more extreme or more moderate? Which one? More moderate. The more lucky you know, the more moderate you are. The more lucky you know, the more moderate you are. And the less lucky you know, the more extreme you are in general. This is someone with your your Shemayim. Someone with your Shemayim. The less knowledge, the more extreme. Someone who doesn't have your Shemayim, no knowledge, no, no nothing. You know, he doesn't do anything. We're talking about people with your Shemayim. Now, um, the last thing, there was one more thing I want to mention about, about that. Um, 
taking those extreme positions. Um, two more things. One is don't feel bad about extreme people because they give us all a middle ground. Extreme people are good. Even in politics, you got like extreme left, extreme right. Gives us a nice area to be in for normal people. Extremely observant people who are like doing all these humras, where you have extremely lenient people doing all these kulas. Gives you an area to be in. Don't be upset about people like that. Gives us a place to live. And and the last thing I want to share with you is is that um, that the point of humras are to get you closer to God. If you're keeping a humra that's not getting you close to God, where you can literally demonstrate how it gets you closer to God, that ain't your humra. And the opposite is also true, that if there's a humra that would get you closer to God, that is your humra. This is important information. You've got to hop this. If you're involved in humras that aren't getting you closer to God, drop it. Just drop it like a hot potato. If you've got to speak to a rav first, like do a shayless rav or something to drop it because it's something more serious. You can't just drop it because it's already like a netter because that's what you've been doing. Go speak to a rav. Get a based in together. Get three from Jews to say mutralach, mutralach, mutralach. But don't be anywhere near humras. We already know that someone who takes on not to drink wine and stuff like that, like a nazar, they have to bring a korban chattas to the base of Migdash. Why? Why do they bring a sin offering? Then weren't they getting closer to God? And the answer is, God already made certain things forbidden and certain things permissible. And you went and forbade yourself on things that were permissible, which means you're not raising those sparks Kabbalistically, because we're here to raise the sparks in this world. And you miss that because of your stringencies. So stay away from humras, unless that humra is going to directly, perfectly align you with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because the point of your life here is to fuse with God. And there are certain humras that each one of us, there are things that I'm humra dick about, like really humra dick about, like you'd consider that extreme about me, but I could demonstrate for you exactly why that is exactly my mitzvah, is to go humra with that. And then there's other things you'd see as like, gee, he's kind of lenient about that. And I'd say to you, like, yeah, that's because that is the halacha. Like, that's the halacha. What do you want from me? Go open Shulchan Aruch. That's the halacha. Well, people aren't doing it like that. Because we live in a big Yetzahara Humrah world today, where everyone's trying to be firmer than the Schwartzes. And, you know, but sorry, I keep Shulchan Aruch. I'm not playing games with the Schwartzes. And playing that game, don't get me closer to God at all. And so I'm not going there because I don't do humors unless they bring me closer to God. The point of humors is to get you even closer than you already are with God, to fuse your soul with your creator. I notice a question here or a point. Yeah, I was saying, how do you identify that? How that do you the humor exactly what the humor is and how it's going to affect you? Well, both is, both is that, that anything that's a humor that affects you negatively, you'll know it right away because you'll, yeah. just, you'll just feel out of it. you won't you won't you'll feel you this is taking you out of the zone um, whereas there's when there's a humor that you know is yours is because if you do it you'll feel you'll feel particular sense of holiness in closeness to God you'll feel holy there and so as long as you're feeling that holiness that's probably your humor right. yeah. <laughs> we'll end it with that Shalom everybody and please everyone join my club you can also join my club which is Yom Tov Media Club yomtovmediaclub.com Shalom, everybody. That's Loch Rabbit. Don't forget I sw- uh, that tomorrow's switch. Okay. 
You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.